Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's 1 o'clock on the Wesson Walker Show. And at 1 o'clock, that usually means Flounder walks in to talk about what's for lunch with Fiddy. And sometimes it leads to arguments because Fiddy is just a passionate guy, especially when it comes to what's for lunch. <laughs> and so we got an argument, especially when Wes tried to introduce Rhino Market to him and specifically the chicken torta. And I was about to say it, but he beat me to it. It's the best sandwich in Charlotte. It's the best sandwich I, I've ever had. I, I, I think it's certainly, I, I don't know what competes with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the most underrated sh- uh, sandwich in Charlotte, in my opinion, it is the Civil Union at Lincoln's Haberdashery. Okay. That is a phenomenal sandwich. If you like pork tenderloin, mm. Ooh. very good. Okay, now you're talking. Keep going. Oh, what else yeah. is on this? Not only do you have pork tenderloin, <laughs> but it's breaded. You have pickled onions on it. Yeah. I don't know if you like arugula, but you got to put the adjectives in. And you have yes. toasted ciabatta bread that it all sits upon so elegantly. So, yeah. did you like that, Fitty? Dude, I'm horny. <laughs> I tried to make you that way, to be honest with you. And Flounder's <laughs> out. We lost Flounder. That's okay. <laughs> He's going to McDonald's instead. But we tried to put him on Rhino Market, and he just wasn't taking it. Yeah. And he would. And I'm not gonna lie. Pretty blatant. Yeah, he just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I it's mean, hilarious, just, yo. It's so rude that he does that. It wasn't me. It yes, was you do. You're saying, and then you're just like, the room would be silent for two seconds, and then you'll just start talking about something. I'm going to start doing you like that. When you talk to me, I'm going to just look at you right in your face, and then I'm going to look at Walker and start talking. <laughs> you, know, you know what the, the best part about all of this is? Is yesterday, after I had to take time out of my post-show no, schedule here you go. Mm-hmm. to go and film this video that is going viral on the internet, <laughs> I, I, I asked you guys to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. And you said, nah, man, I ain't got time for that. Mm-hmm. And then as we were all leaving, coming back the same way, you were behind me on the road, and you just conveniently pulled into KFC. Yeah. If you were that passionate about the rhino market, I would have bought the food, by the way. You could have been like, Fitty, let's go get a <laughs> You didn't up. say that before oh, we left. No, no, I, but also, I didn't have time. I had things to do, man. So but you had time to judge. go eat KFC, just I not with me. I ate in my car oh, quickly. That's, that's the worst, by the way. Eating in your car? I hate it. I love it. I'm a clean guy. I don't want that. Not we're not. Yeah, eating. I don't. I don't spill anything. Yeah, but there's crumbs that get in there. I don't. I bet if we got a forensics team out right now, there'd be some KFC crumbs in there somewhere. I'm very clean. I keep my box inside of the plastic bag. <laughs> I put my uh, sides on top of uh, on top of the napkins and stuff like that. But even with the cleanliness factor, I still just hate being so cramped in a car while I'm trying to eat. And plus, you're always in a rush. I hate eating. In do my you car. not I have the it. middle console thing? Really? I mean, I do. What do you mean, just for the? I cup enjoy holder? it though because I can listen to stuff like I was sitting there listening to my, you know, Club Shay Shay with Tyreek Hill. But you got AirPods for that at home that you can do as well. No, you yeah, but I stuff. enjoy that. Though. I can sit in the car and listen to what I want to listen to. It eat my lunch is a nice breezy day. It's very therapeutic. Yeah, in the car. Yeah, no, I, man. I'm way too claustrophobic. I've for done that. that so many times. I can't. Well, I mean, I've done it a lot, but I don't enjoy. Just it. find so your space to pull into and. Chill and listen to what you want to listen to. This, eat your food. This goes into a theory I have as well when you're making a long road trip. Mm-hmm. I think it's always worth it to just go ahead, take that exit if you're hungry, sit for a little bit, 
and then just enjoy your food, whether it be at the Wendy's or the KFC, McDonald's, whatever you and the family, whatever you and your significant other, whatever. It's always worth it to get out and sit at the restaurant and then just take those 30 minutes as an L and then get back on the highway. Like I hate getting everything because then you have to order for everybody in the drive through right? Mm-hmm. So then you're taking all the orders yeah. and then you everybody's eating. And even if you're clean, you know for sure. Oh, it's not yeah, about yeah, to be yeah. clean not for your people. kids, significant others. Oh yeah, now kids, Bryce has destroyed 100%. my backseat with stuff. It's feeling so rushed and then you got to eat while you're driving, which I hate eating while I'm driving too. Yeah, now I'm that I don't control. really care for. I'll do it, but I don't really care for that. But there's so many people that don't want to lose any time. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to continue to drive. They're going to go through the drive through mm-hmm. and then hit the road. It's always worth it to just chill for half an hour on that road trip and just mm-hmm. take the, just chill for a little bit. Yeah. I had to, you know, I had to go to the gym and then I had to stay on my thing. Cause I had my first couple of games at six o'clock and I got KFC grilled chicken, not fried. Okay. Grilled chicken is pretty good too, by the yeah, way. All right. Good. Um, Let's just read some text because we got a lot of text messages in right okay. now via the Garage Door Guru text line. We're going to give some love to the sponsor because we want to make money on this show. That's exactly what we want to do. Um, 850 number said, I got the bleep knocked out of me by Omar Gaither. I played for I Geringer. I played him in middle school. Okay. He said, I played for Geringer and everybody teed off on us week in, week out. Yeah, we but did this too. hit had me thinking about my future in football, <laughs> shaking my head. So you played Omar Gaither. I played Omar Gaither in middle school. The first play of the game, he took it 80 yards, and I think he had another 60-yard touchdown because he was a running back, too. I mean, in middle school, he was like 6'2", 180. Every middle, middle school has that guy that hit puberty way yeah, early. Yeah, bro. Good at so, football. yeah, he he was good. But, yeah, Garringer was a highlight game. We always enjoyed playing Garringer. 704 number wrote in, Nick Maddox broke my tailbone. I joined the band Dang. the next day. Yep, 100%. 704. What, he ran you over? I don't know. He must have ran him over. That's all he said. Uh, 704 number, a different one said, I ran into a tree playing neighborhood football one time. Not sure if that counts. I'm going to tell you what. The same exact thing happened to me. Mm, There's nothing worse than getting hurt outside playing regular clothes. Out in my backyard. Lots of trees, right? I thought I had it all mapped out. I just thought that I was impervious to getting hit by a tree. I was looking at the line of scrimmage trying to bring that football in that was thrown to me. My quarterback led me, and I'm telling you what, Wes, I ran smack dab in the middle of a tree that did not budge. It is not one of those, like, small, (laughs) skinny stumps. It was a big old tree, and I ran right into it, and my collarbone destroyed me. What about uh, when you roll your ankle, though, when you're outside playing when you were a kid? Oh, you turn over on your ankle. Oh, that was the worst. Always the worst. Uh, 704 number, a different one said, crushed my pinky between my helmet and another player's helmet. Oh! Oh, and lost my fingernail. Oh, worse pain than any stinger or blindside hit I received. And so those are some of the painful experiences we asked people to text in. Now we can get to some of the best sandwiches in Charlotte. Rain Man wrote in, Rhino Market, silly good. Their breakfast burrito slaps as well. I have that sometimes. I've not had the breakfast burrito. I had their roast beef and a chicken tortilla too. Uh, 704 said hot roast beef sandwich at Rhino Deli. That's what I had. Yeah, that's really good. Not had it. I just I just can't it's get away from beef, the tortilla. Roast beef, cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Deli Street on Central from the Bagel Guy, Tita's yeah. Torta. Yeah. That's what he said is very good. I've not had that sandwich, but I do like Deli Street. Uh, Stanford P said, I'm pregnant after I described the Civil Union at Lincoln's Haberdashery <laughs> when I described it that way. And then 910 number said, Exchange and Culture Shop are sandwich sleepers too, along with Laurel Market. Do you know about any of those places? I believe... <sighs> Is Laurel Market like uptown somewhere? I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've eaten there before. Oh, Brian said check out Noda Bodega. I went there all the time when I lived in Noda. Mm. He ain't lying. Bodega's great, and they have different featured sandwiches. 
they have a Cuban sandwich every now and then that they'll feature like different days of the week. Am yeah. I am I making you a dude, sandwich I love hot a good again? Cuban sandwich, it's dude. so good. Oh. Um, and and you're rolling with the pickles on it. Mm-hmm. See, I know you're supposed to. I just kind of get rid of the pickles, and that's true for even a chicken sandwich. Like I I don't I don't roll with the pickles right, on what, it. What if you're in a pickle? What are you gonna do with it? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get safe. I'm gonna slide into second to make sure that I'm not in that pickle anymore. Um, we can talk about a few other people's sandwich suggestions into the uh, Garage Door Guru text line, but we can talk a little bit more about the Panthers' comments here in just a moment. But Fiddy, you had something else. I think we just need to start setting aside a day every week, every two weeks, where we go and eat as as a show. Mm-hmm. And then all these places, because I've never heard of half of these places, never been to half of these places, and y'all can enlighten me. Bring some culture into Finney. Uh Common Market, mm-hmm. also a place. Yes. <laughs> well, that was. We'll try to bring you some culture. Uh, DJ Skinner said, Walker, 75% of your audience is sitting in the car eating their food, listening to you. I guess I didn't right, recognize that's what that. I'm saying. Yeah. I apologize to all the people. Look, y'all can do that, and I feel you. I just, I just can't. I'm dumbass. Yeah, my, my elbows hit the center console. I just feel. Claustrophobic. Because you're a lanky ass. I know. I know, Fiddy. I know I am. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, we'll get to some of those other ones. We are getting a flood of text messages in, but we got to give you some of the meat and vegetables by talking about the Carolina Panthers and some of the coordinator comments. We'll get to those right now um, and even do the uh, position breakdown where the offensive line, that is the position preview for today. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have to get to this a little bit later on in the show as well. But yesterday, Wes, Jero Averro said that Carolina's offensive line blocked Denver as well as anybody had all season. And I do remember that being a pretty particularly strong game for the protection. Sam Darnold hit DJ Moore quite a bit. That was a very nice contest that Carolina played against Denver. And the offensive line, hey bro. they improved quite a bit last season. It's the best they've looked really since the Super Bowl team when it's not even like they had great tackles. They just had continuity and in their interior was so good with Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. Overall, what did you make of the offensive line performance this year for Carolina? Uh, I thought the offensive line improved a lot. Uh, When you talk about what they were able to do, they started the season. uh, Many people did not expect much from this unit. They began the season being ranked in PFF's rankings as low as 31st, and they finished 15th. So uh, this was a team that in the interior, you might go out and look for some more guys to maybe step up to the level of some of your tackles and Bradley Bozeman at center, but they were 13th in yards per carry. They were 11th in rushes of 20-plus yards. They were 13th in rushing first downs, and then they were uh, 22nd when you talk about sacks allowed. Uh, So this team got better at protecting the quarterback, and their running statistics lend itself to them being uh, the 15th best O-line, somewhere middle of the pack. So that's a good starting place with a rookie left tackle that should only get better. Like I said, you may need to add some pieces. Taylor Moten was viewed by PFF as their best player uh, on the offensive line. He allowed just 21 pressures in 17 games. Now, he did have his worst season as far as run blocking was concerned. But uh, other than that, now, you know, I've never thought that Taylor Moulton's play was commiserate with his with his pay. So, um, but there's no way they're going to get rid of him and replace him. So, you know, he's going to be over there on that right side. And then Bradley Bozeman has to recover from injury and bounce back and, and play the way that he was playing. But I feel like the guard positions are the positions that they may uh, have to look for as far as maybe adding some help there. When you look at the free agent class, there's not a ton 
Uh, when you look at some lists, like when you talk about pro football focus, they have Isaac Samalu from the Eagles as the 29th rated free agent, and his projected contract is around three years at 11 million average. Ben Powers is 30th from Baltimore. Dalton Risner from Denver uh, is 44th. So, th- so there are some guys there if the Panthers do want to invest on the interior offensive line. I feel like maybe in the draft that may be a spot that they may look to as well. But like I said, once you get a left tackle, it can kind of be all downhill from there as far as filling in the rest of the guys. Well, if you want to talk mock draft, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network released, I think, his first one. And in that first edition, he had Carolina taking a guard out of Northwestern and just talked about look, just keep investing in the offensive line. Continue, you can never go wrong with it. Continue building that strength and if you had him maybe in place for, I don't know, Brady Christensen at first mm-hmm. and then I don't know if you could switch him when Austin Corbett is able to fully come back from the injury that he suffered at the end of the season and then you would just have depth on top of getting a first round guard and putting him in there. Now, I don't know if uh, you know guards are Another position that you might view with running back, right? How guards are a lot of times taken in the second round. That's pretty rare. Like to see a first round guard, you see it with Quentin Nelson and it worked out beautifully so for Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, you don't see a whole lot of guards going in the top 10. So that would be something a little different for Carolina. But investing the offensive line, making that a strength, whatever quarterback you go with, continuing to put that QB in a good position, it would make sense to me. And I think you're right. You allow Iki Kwanu to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. You have Taylor Moten on the right side. If you look at the top three tackles in this past NFL draft class, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Iki Iquanu, Iquanu graded as the best. And Evan Neal had a pretty down year. Charles Cross did a decent enough job. But I, I think this was a nice hit for them, right? And I and I expect big things from Iki Iquanu. I will ask you this, Wes, just what is his ceiling? All pro, pro bowl? maybe flirting with all pro appearances. What do you think the ceiling is? Yeah, he looks like a guy that has potential to be a pro bowl caliber offensive lineman and flirt with some all pros. You know, like I said, he has a size at around 330 pounds. He's got the footwork. Sometimes, like I said, I felt like he played a a little bit high and he's got some things to learn, uh, you know, at the NFL level as any rookie left tackle would. Sometimes I felt like on his run blocking, you know, not being used to the speed of the game. Sometimes when he would line up his target, You know, those guys are quick out there, and so sometimes they might be able to get by him if he can't, you know, have those feet in the right places when he makes contact. Other than that, like I said, you like what you saw from him, especially in pass blocking. This is a passing league. I'm sure the Panthers eventually want to get to the point where they are a dynamic passing football team, and if you have a left tackle that can handle the load over there, then that's a huge, huge benefit. You look at the depth on this line, Cameron Irving, Michael Jordan and then Bradley not that Michael Jordan and Bradley Bozeman are the uh, impending free agents. Bozeman I'm sure is going to be a priority for this team to get him back as well. Cam Irving you know like I said he's a depth tackle Uh, he made 5 million this past season so I don't know if they will look to keep him or not because the Panthers are a team that needs to get under the cap so he could be a guy that could be a cap casualty. They could look for a tackle in some of those mid to late rounds But, uh, you know, they're in good shape as it stands, but they could stand and use some upgrades in the middle of that offensive line. Yeah, so we'll see what Icky can do. There was a really nice, I think the middle of the season was his best stretch of the year. And at the end, he had a bad game against New Orleans as far as the pass blocking goes. Actually against Tampa Bay on the road in the game that pretty much cemented their non-playoff chance. He played well. 
It's just that Anthony Nelson, on the most crucial play of the game, got by him and sacked Sam Darnold. But until that point, he had pass protected very well, and it was just that one play. So overall, really, really like what you got from Iki Aquanu. That'll do it for the first half of the position preview. We could talk a little bit more about the offensive line coming up a little bit later on in the show. Plenty to get to on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. It's the Wes and Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season and the WFNC Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line, only from Sports oh. Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And Charlotte sports fans, we will have coming up a little bit later, Charlotte Ticket Hornet giveaway for their next game this weekend against the Miami Heat. And again, you can send in the text. You guys are flooding it in talking about the pain that you endured while playing football or any type of sports. 704-570-9610 is the Garage Door Guru text line. Go check out that reel. Check out Walker dunking. Check out me dunking. Check out Fitty dunking on Wesson Walker, W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. What you got over there, Walker? Well, I'm just saying I want to make sure because this was not included in the video, which is totally fine. The mm-hmm. video is amazing. Mm-hmm. But people have been asking whether it was a 10-foot goal. Mm-hmm. And I just want a couple of witnesses. Yes, I, I'm putting I'm putting my faith in you, Fiddy. I feel like you're going to try to downplay this. I saw you start to look away. But we can all agree that was 10-foot, right? Like 10-foot goal is what I dunked on yesterday? We can agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Because I know 10 feet when I see it, and that was definitely 10-foot. There you go. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It's right. supposed to mean something different. Yeah. But I don't know exactly <laughs> what it means. Dude, you want to read some more painful text? Yeah, man. Quick? Let's hear some of it. So we got a lot of people writing in the time that they just got bleeped up in a football game. 786 number wrote in. I blocked a field goal and dislocated three fingers. Oh, Ooh. God. Worst that kicker part. must have had a leg. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a boot. Worst part was, as I looked at my hand, the kicker leveled me. Man, the kicker's out here causing havoc. Goodness gracious. <laughs> 256 said, uh, this happened in Pop Warner, but can still remember it today. I got ran over, then immediately got stepped on one foot to the stomach and the other one to the face. Ooh. That doesn't sound good. Big Cat Dan wrote in, a kicker did an onside kick. 
man, these kickers are out here wilding. The ball to a bounce. The ball took a bounce. I jumped up to get the uh, football and swear I was Goldberg speared while in the air. I saw stars like the <laughs> cartoons when I got up. LOL. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. And here's a basketball one, but from a football player. This is an interesting story. 704 number wrote in. Not a physical pain, but more mental pain. I got dunked on by Jamison Crowder, former Duke wideout, Jets, Washington, all those teams. Um, and uh, the crotch to the face and all. The whole mm. place went wild. So glad HOH, was, uh, HOH wasn't a thing at this time. How's the highlights wasn't a thing. But how about Jamison Crowder dunking on somebody? Oh, I'm not surprised at all, man. And and when I was in middle school, I had a play. I was playing tight end and defensive end, and we ran a reverse. And it was the tiniest kid. Like, he was so tiny. He came out of nowhere as I was running around the corner. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed my foot. It was one of those pesky tackles where I was trying to get him off of me. And then like four or five guys just blew me up. It cleaned out my sinuses. <laughs> That's I had a buddy describe that too. Yeah. Where they got hit so hard. You were talking about one of those middle school kids that hits puberty before everybody but is still athletic. Yeah. So they're like 6'2", mm-hmm. 220, and they're in eighth grade. Right. We had a running back like that back at good old River Bend in Catawba County. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't grow after that, though. Yeah. Like, in high school, everybody catches up with them, but not in middle school. Fantastic running back. <laughs> One of my buddies describes it, too, as trying to tackle him, gets knocked out, wakes up, and clear to sinuses. Just immediate cold. And was feeling fine that day, but as soon as he got knocked out, he woke up, and there was snot everywhere. What, uh, what barbecue restaurant does that running back work at now? I mean... You're you're not too far off, to be honest with you. I don't know. <laughs> but big shout out, man. I don't want no trouble. He was a real cool dude. Say, we yeah. played ball that back in the day. Real cool dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. So, and then in high school, I got caught by uh, actually a guy that I had played AAU basketball with. He caught me uh, lacking, running down the sidelines and cleaned me up real quick. Didn't have much pain or anything mm-hmm. like that, but he did catch me blindside and I was just kind of looking up at it and I kind of just laughed it off or whatever. I told this story to Cody Martin mm-hmm. and when we were able to interview him on Hornets Media Day, so he played for the Davie County AAU team. He was just a little bit younger than me, so mm-hmm. I didn't catch him, but what we did do, there's a lot of people that would stay afterwards and watch the Martin Twins go through a dunk contest after the Davie County AAU game, so yeah. that happened, but for that team... There was one guy, I don't know his name, he was talking all sorts of trash, Mm -hmm. and he could get up. Mm -hmm. And I was under the goal, and he got an offensive rebound on me. And he was about to rise up, and it's the closest I ever got to getting dunked on. But I took a step right out of bounds. I was not about to be a hero and get dunked on. Because this wasn't even a regular season game. It was an exhibition game that Bunker Hill was Mm -hmm. playing against Davie County before the the season started. Mm -hmm. I was not about to start the year getting dunked on. But he slammed, and I mean rattled the rim just a beast and then he looked at me and said i know you don't want none i was like you're kind of right <laughs> that's why i stepped out of bounds i did not want any of that i used to like when guys would challenge me playing basketball though because i'm all for the hard foul like i'm gonna put the body on you it was a guy on our team when we got to wake and we had some guys that could really hoop and we played the intramurals and it was kind of like a young guy versus the older guys thing and they were talking all this trash and they were saying they were gonna dunk on me and i told this one specific guy which he could really, really play. But I told him, I said, you come in here if you want to. I said, I'm going to sing you back out. <laughs> and he came up and he tried to dunk on me, man. And I didn't do anything malicious to him anything. I just went up hard and put my body on him and he went stumbling back. And I was like, I told you. I said, don't come in with that mess. Last one. My brother, good basketball player, played at Denison in Ohio. Smaller, mm-hmm. smaller school, but played basketball. 
and there is a, a thing called the field house. It's what I talked about where I played Rick Smith's one time because yeah. he was playing after his pro days when he was all said and done. But there was this, there was this dude that was like six, eight mountain man beard. I mean, looked like he was straight off the trail of Appalachia yeah. and came in just dribbling, crossing people up like magic Johnson. Kyle Bailey. It was not Kyle Bailey, but he had the beard though. And it was, it was that well too. Like it looked very good. Goes down the lane. My brother steps in front of the rim. I mean, and just like straddled. I mean, slamming borderline honey dip dunk got up all the way up in the air. And I've got that over my brother constantly because it was about as nasty a dunk on from this mountain man that played for Evansville. By the way, we found out he was a purple ace. He played for Evansville and we went back and looked and his numbers were pretty good. But yeah, just destroyed my brother. Man, that's hilarious. Those dunk ons are tough. (laughs) So speaking of dunking, Mm -hmm. the Hornets are back. The NBA is back starting tonight. Uh, The Hornets won't be back on the court until Friday, but they will be taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this matchup always gets a little bit of a look, you know, from Hornets fans because you get a chance to see two guys from the same class that both are all-stars and and looked at as the future of the league, LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. So, I mean, we're not looking for Hornets wins and losses here. We're not in the business of that, except for losses to help us get Wimby. That's right. But when you look at these two guys, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, we know Ant-Man, the highlights that he creates, made his first All-Star game this year. No shade to Melo, but he was, you know, an All-Star the first go-round. You know, he was put in as uh, a reserve, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he yes. was he was he was the first alternate. Yes. So he was first alternate. He replaced somebody? He did. So he was Okay, not okay. So he was like LaMelo. Okay. Yeah. All well, right. Well, or no, excuse me. I don't know about Anthony Edwards. I apologize. Okay. I thought we were talking about LaMelo and he was Yeah, the first I remember alternate. that for sure. And I was saying Anthony Edwards if I'm not mistaken was I think he was too. Yeah. So, uh just fun banter here. You know, who would you rather have? Are you good with Melo? If you could swap these two, which one do you feel like has the most potential? Which one do you feel like is the bigger star at this point? Would you trade one for the other? Uh, so the last question you asked, no. I wouldn't trade LaMelo right now for Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards looks like a star. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think it's fair because with LaMelo having so many injuries right now, I think this year was a year where we expected a lot of big things from him. And it just hasn't come his way. I think Anthony Edwards has passed him on the what player would most teams want to have over the other. I think Lamella was a guy that won every single rookie of the month award until he got hurt. And then it was really Tyrese Halliburton at that time. Anthony Edwards has been tremendous. He's been phenomenal. But I, I do think that if this thing continues and Anthony Edwards continues on this trajectory, I want to see Lamello healthy with with a chance for him to maybe get close to, what, 23, 24 points per game on decent efficiency and with better players around him, right? Like, I want him mm-hmm. to play with Gordon Hayward. I want him to play with, you know, if they don't trade him. You know, I want him to play with the caliber of player that you expect to maybe compete for a seven seed, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to give LaMelo time, especially one, one thing I do think LaMelo has on everybody the guy can connect with whatever other star you want to bring in. He can catch and shoot. He can play off ball. People think that he needs the basketball in his hands at all times. That's not true. His catch and shoot numbers are very good, and I totally respect his game, even if he's not the one handling the primary ball handler responsibility. So give me LaMelo right now, and I'm sure Minnesota wouldn't want to trade, right? Like, it's just one of those things. I'm sure each franchise is happy with their guy. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about LaMelo, we talked about the stat with him being in the elite class with uh, Magic Johnson. As far as his first 100 games, I believe averaging 17, 6, and 6. 
Uh, Anthony Edwards, he leads all third-year players in scoring at 25 a game, 24.7 to be exact. Uh, this season, he's had 16 30-plus point games, the most among third-year players. And he is one of only five players in NBA history, age 21 or younger, to average at least 24.6 rebounds and four assists. So, man, it's tough to me because one thing I do like about Anthony Edwards is he does have that mentality that he wants to – he has that killer instinct people talk about talks about he he's one of those guys that wants to rip your heart out of your chest but as far as what both players are very exciting they both always go at each other when they play each other because of the draft ties uh if i had to say if i wanted to trade one for the other at this point oh god this is hard i would still stick with Lamelo, like you said because i do think his passing ability his impact on offense the way the offense moves and is efficient when he's in the game that's something you need in this style of NBA basketball I think you really can't go wrong with either guy I think both of them are budding superstars I do too I think it's one of those things where each franchise is cool with the guy they have right now Mm -hmm. Minnesota is not going to trade one for one Anthony Edwards to LaMelo Ball and Mm -hmm. the Charlotte's not going to do that either one thing you mentioned the the dog mentality the X-rays came in. You think he's got And I think Melo's a dog, too. Right. And and so AJ wrote in on the text line, I don't think it's close. Ant and Melo both have superstar talent, but Ant-Man is wired differently between the ears, loves the big moment. Melo wants to goof off, and it's the last part that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Man, th- here's the thing. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Right. You see the showtime, and I think subconsciously your mind goes to LaMelo only caring about Hollywood. And seeing him in the Lamborghini fluorescent neon color that it is with also the suit to match. And you think all this guy cares about is off the court antics. It's not true, man. I mean, at this point, you're just going to have to take the word of the coaches that have coached him, whether it be Borrego or Steve Clifford, Mm -hmm. the guy loves to hoop Mitch Kupchak. The story goes that when they brought LaMelo in and they first, I I think it was after the draft. It wasn't before the draft, but the first night that they, have him in the city. They go to dinner. It's real late. And LaMelo asks if he can get keys to a gym somewhere. And they find a place, which, of course, you have the Spectrum Center, practice arena, whatever. But he's going and putting up shots till midnight. Yeah. I mean, LaMelo is in the gym a lot. He might not like watching basketball. That's what he said. There's been a couple of times where he's documented, you know, I don't really look up to anybody like that. Like, I, I don't watch basketball like that. But he loves playing it. He's talked about that constantly. And I, that's what I that's what I want people to get clear about the franchise player here in Charlotte. He can love basketball all he wants. Does losing bother him? Because I think that's the difference. We're talking about that dog mentality. Does he seem as bothered by the fact that they're 17 and 43 this year? The fact that the first two years they got blown out in playing games. Like Anthony Edwards, it's visible. But like like when they, when they're losing and they're getting their asses kicked, there's a level of frustration that is voiced. Doesn't really happen with Lamelo. I love Anthony Edwards, but let's see that in the off season, so you don't have to play yourself in shape. That was a real problem at the beginning. Ask Anthony Edwards himself. Anthony talked about him. That didn't not, answer my question. Well, he didn't love it enough and care about losing enough in the off season to get in shape, like Lamelo was. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any problem with Lamelo coming in. Anthony told you that himself. Defensively, he was atrocious when he was asked, "Should you have made the All Star game?" He said, "No." I was awful the first month of the season. The shooting splits were not very good, and it was because he was out of shape. That's what Anthony talked about, and you could visibly see it on the court. And so, look, he says a lot of awesome stuff. There is no doubt who is a better interviewee. Man, Ant is a hell of a soundbite. 
But in the offseason, he wasn't ready to go right from the jump. And that's a big old season for Minnesota with Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert on that fresh trade. Yeah. LaMelo was good to go, except he got hurt, and the injury is what took him out. All right, so as we look at the NBA landscape heading into the home stretch, we're heading towards the playoffs. And so, you know, what have you seen so far? What are you looking for? I'll start out by saying that, you know, when you look at the top of the East, you got Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Cleveland. I think they are the class of the East. Then when you look at the West, the team sitting in fifth, the Phoenix Suns made the huge addition getting Kevin Durant. And now they look to be championship favorites with Denver sitting there at number one. So the the, the one thing I want to hit really quick is – for one, do you think that Phoenix, would you take Phoenix or the field for the championship? And I saw something brought up that was interesting yesterday as we also look at MVP candidates and people talk about Jokic possibly winning his third straight. Uh, I forget who said it yesterday. I think it was another NBA player, a prominent NBA player, saying how everybody lauds Jokic for the triple-doubles and you know they want to discount Westbrook because he would lose and they didn't really amount to much. Oh, Nick Young said it. Nick and, Wright. No, or, Nick Young. Oh, Nick the Young, basketball. the player. Oh, I thought yeah. Nick Wright talked about it. But he it. was saying that Jokic gets all these triple-doubles and puts up all these stats and gets served in the playoffs as well. And that really made me think a lot because that is true. Uh, his numbers and his dominance haven't equated to playoff success. I know that they've had injuries, but I feel like you have to be fair as fair. And I think that he deserves criticism too, especially if he wins this third straight MVP and no championship because I don't think they're going to win it this year. And so, uh, so yeah, so just – are you taking Phoenix or the field? And then Jokic possibly winning a third MVP and what that means. I feel much better about my odds taking the field over Phoenix, but I do think Phoenix is the favorite. Like, if I got to choose one team. Yeah, I think injuries are the only thing that derails them. Well, the, the thing is, Denver's very good, and you're right. There's no question. Nicole Jokic has as much pressure really as anybody because he is going to get a third straight MVP most likely. And this is the year where usually guys that win it twice – you have so much voter fatigue, nobody right. wants to give it to you. But there was one area of growth that he could improve on, and that was overall team success. So if the dude is shooting over 60% from the field, averaging a triple-double, I, I hope people can really grasp what those numbers mean, because it's it's outlandish. The, the numbers for Nikola Jokic are outlandish. But the overall team record now has them at the top of the conference. So when you're discussing him being towards the bottom of the play-in standings, or the playoff standings, and now you're towards the top... It goes to show once you get Jamal Murray back, once you have some health and don't have all the injuries you suffered last year, yeah, Jokic is really about it, at least in the regular season. But you're right, Wes. Like the playoffs, Nikola has to take his team far, and we'll see if he's able to do yeah, that. He needs to get to the finals at this point. Sure. Three state MVPs, and you're number one in the West. There's no excuses yeah. this year. If you don't get there this year, I'm starting to look at you a little sideways. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and like I said, I will take. Oh, if I had to pick Phoenix for the field, I'm going to go with Phoenix and lean on the fact that they stay healthy. It's a big gamble, but I'm going to go with Phoenix. All right, so when we come back, folks, get ready. I'm going to drink my hot tea, get my voice warmed up because it's Fire Fizzle video game franchises on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 90. Oh, wait, sorry, excuse me. Fitty Flash, my bad. <laughs> you good. All right, guys, we're going to keep it in the NBA. Yesterday we were talking about that Atlanta Hawks vacancy. They're moving to swiftly hire Quinn Snyder. He thinks he will help their on- and off-court culture, which is really weird because he was a big reason why they never got over the hump in Utah. Do you think he, could, if he gets hired swiftly, he could be put in place to help that Hawks team 
reach their potential this season? No, I don't. I don't really think he's going to do much. Like I said, Trey Young doesn't play defense. A lot of their top guys don't play a lot of defense. I don't think it's going to amount to much with Atlanta. Yeah, not this season. I think you're probably not going to get the best out of this roster right now, and they really need to figure out how to make DeJounte Murray and Trey Young work. I think it can happen, but I think a lot of that has to do with Trey Young, and we'll see what the head coach can do about it. Yep. So when we come back, folks, as I said, fire or fizzle, video game franchises. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ continuing the NBA discussion over the break. So the guy that texted in 704, he said, save your breath, itty bitty fitty. I'm trying. Walker's a homer. Excuse machine for the Panthers and the Hornets. He'll never be honest about anything. This is the same guy that got <laughs> mad at me about the brown liquor, not drinking it. And look, I just got to say to my 704 guy, man, let's settle this over a couple of glasses of Shirley Temple's. You know, let's go get some pedicures and let's settle this like men. That's what I, I got to say. Would, and I'm going to defend you. I don't think you're a homer uh, for either team. You've brought up, you've critiqued both teams. Oh, no, you're good. I just wanted to really well, talk about Shirley Temple's with yeah, this guy. Yeah, but I'm going to defend like my dog, drink. though. Go ahead, Fitty. Well, also, I mean, if you want to be a homer in a excuse machine, that's worked out pretty good for Chris McLean in the morning. So it's not a bad recipe to follow. <laughs> oh, not. No shots at Mac. <laughs> No shots at Mac. 704-570-9610. Let's hear your opinions on Wes's opinions, whether video game franchises are fire or fizzle. It is a staple. It is here every single Thursday. Let's play that fire, man, and let's go to the first one. Sonic the Hedgehog. Wes, is this classic video game from back in the day fire or fizzle? When I got my first Sega Genesis, it came with the system, okay? I would break it out every now and then between breaks between USA Basketball and Mad 93. A blue hedgehog with supersonic speed. He's got to rescue animals from being turned into robots by a mad scientist called Dr. Robotnik, (laughs) who only has one goal, taking over the whole world. And to do this, he needs to collect all six Chaos Emeralds, which are located on the South Island. Over 140 million units sold by 2016, grossing over 6 billion as of 2020. Series sales and free-to-play mobile game downloads totaled 1 billion as of 2022. Stats. Not to mention, you gotta love Sonic, man. He's like a teenager. If you got kids, you gotta love Sonic because he acts like a lot of our kids do. So with that said, Sonic the Hedgehog is straight Fire and both the movies were dope too, and I went to 
see him, and I would have gone to see him even without my son because Sonic is my generation. So, along with Super Mario, I feel like the sounds when you collect the coins or the rings or whatever yeah. is among the elite yeah. video game sounds yeah. of all time. Big shout to Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, Sonic looks a lot meaner than he is. He's actually a sweet kid, but he has an intense look about him. A sweet kid. You have yeah. to like. He's a, a kid. You know, when you see the sweet. movies, he's like a kid. He cares about losing. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> he's he's going to be vocal about that. All more, right. More than Lamella. He puts work in the offseason. Street Fighter, they don't want to lose either. Any listen, character when listen, you're fighting listen, that. Listen. Go ahead. The OG plot. The player controls martial artist Ryu to compete in a worldwide martial arts tournament spanning five countries and ten opponents. <laughs> a second player can control Ryu's friendly American rival Ken Masters. One of the highest grossing video game franchises of all time, one of Capcom's flagship series with a total sales of 49 million units worldwide as of September 2022. Highest grossing fighting game media franchise of all time at 12.2 billion just in the U.S. alone. 500,000 arcade unit sales. Let's not forget about the movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme with the fire soundtrack on there with LL. You saw Van Damme dancing in the video. What you think I'm about to say? I got the socks. I got Street Fighter t-shirts. It's my favorite all-time fighting game ever. So Street Fighter, every incarnation of it is straight. Fire Hadouken! Gazuntite. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> what? Gr- Grand Theft Auto. You have no extra for Street Fighter? Are you not a Street Fighter guy? I've Are nev- you not? I've never really that? played it like oh. that. I played it a couple times. I did play Tekken okay, okay, back okay. in the day. Right. I did like Tekken. All right, what we got? Grand Theft Auto. The video game that my older brothers wouldn't let me play. All right. Grand Theft Auto. I've sat and watched people play this. Focuses on an open world where the player can complete missions to progress an overall story, as well as engage in various side activities prostitution, running over people with cars, murdering, killing. Most of the gameplay revolves driving and shooting with the occasional role-playing and stealth elements. You get soundtracks from rappers you know. Celebrities are in it that you know. It's shipped more than 370 million units, making it the fifth best-selling video game franchise of all time. Grand Theft Auto is straight! Fizzle is one of the problems with our country and a lot of our kids playing this violent video game. It's ridiculous that people make such feels. That is the OG dad of the show. Yeah, right. Time, 100%. <laughs> that is one of the problems That's of our country. That's what crime rates are. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, here we go yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four, another fighting show. Or a game, I should say. Mortal Kombat. Fire Fizzle West. Let's go. Listen, I learned something about Mortal Kombat today. Listen, the original development of the first game was based off of my man Jean-Claude Van Damme. The plan fell through, and they made Johnny Cage in his image and likeness. I never knew that. Van Damme was my favorite action star of the 90s. That was my guy. You talking about one of my original my guys? Van Damme still my guy. But the first game takes place in the earth realm where seven warriors compete in this tournament for their own reasons to uh with the prize being the continued freedom of their realm under the threat of a takeover by the outer world you know the characters luke kane johnny cage sonya blade raiden shang tu song 
Mortal Kombat has become the best-selling fighting game franchise worldwide and one of the highest-grossing media franchises of all time. The last movie, though, was trash, and I was excited about it. It was super trash. But when it comes down to whether Mortal Kombat is fire or fizzle, it is straight fire. Your soul is mine. Word to shake too strong. Damn, you have cold gesundheit. All right, last one. <laughs> Mario Brothers franchise. This one has to be a fire, Wes. But I'm leaving it to you. You're the authority. Go ahead. I mean, come on, man. Listen, the original plot, one day the kingdom of the peaceful mushroom people was invaded by King <laughs> Koopa, a tribe of turtles famous for their black magic. The quiet, peace-loving mushroom people in the mushroom kingdom fell into ruin. The only one that can undo the magic spell, undo the magic spell, is Princess Toadstool, the daughter of the Mushroom King, but she is in the hands of Bowser, the king of the Koopas. And Mario must go and endure major adversity and able to save her. This franchise has spawned over 200 games of various genres and several sub-series, including Mario Golf, Mario Kart, a favorite here on the show, Mario Party, Mario Tennis, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, and Paper Mario, which I've never even heard of. People love it, though. Several characters introduced in the Mario franchise, such as Wario and Yoshi, sparked successful franchises of their own. My personal favorite is Super Mario 3, where Mario got the raccoon tail. When we're talking about <laughs> Super Mario, one of the most iconic franchises ever, it is straight... Fire! Mario! All-time legendary! We have a lot of comments on the text line to comb through. We need to make sure... Oh, I'm sure it's flooded with all the topics we've hit them with today. We need to get to the People's Choice Awards on Fire or Fizzle via the Garage Door Guru text line, and we will do that coming up next. One more hour to go. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, (laughs) 92.7 WFNZ.